0: new pine grove new pine grove new pine grove. grove welcome to new Piney grove baptist church where grove. one of our core values is christian education new let's Piney tune in grove. to this week's message Topic and a thought today would not be something that I came up with as I reflect on the message today, and I pray your patience and your attentiveness as I try to convey this in the way that it was conveyed to me. Title: Shortly, three D women added to which one of you that will come again at the end. But ladies, I want you to recognize something that women are unique created beings. They are special for many reasons, but for one reason, they were not created from the dust of the earth like the man. Instead, they were created from flesh. And God assigned them a special task, and that is to be in partnership with their husband, to be fruitful and multiply, and to rule over his creation. Yet, each woman is unique, individually unique. God gave them the right to make decisions. And the choices that they make define who they really are. And I would like to submit to those who are hearing me today, for your consideration, three personalities of women from a biblical perspective. And as we examine their stories, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you which one of these women closely fit your personality? And also to stimulate you to have a desire that you want to read the entire story for yourself because time would be limited if I tried to do all of them. And men, I want you to not just sit back and enjoy this, I want you to find yourself because we're going to be dealing not only with three women, but with three men. So if I had a sub or this was a men's Sunday, I would say, which man are you? The first D is the diva. The diva. Now diva is defined as a glamorous, and successful female performer. Another definition that I find is a female entertainer who has become a superstar in, the, in her field of endeavor. There are many women in our society who bear this title, diva. And one thing they have in common, they are all rewarded quite well, for their performances, and thus, by definition, Delilah was a diva. Her role was defined very well, and that is, she was to seduce her man Now you deter her man, not her husband, because she wasn't married to him. And she was paid very well for her performance. Let me give you a resume of her man. Her man name was Samson. Biblical context says he was the strongest man in the world. His occupation or vocation was the judge of Israel. And that's God's chosen people. But this man, like the others, had issues. His issue was weakness for women. Amen. Let's look at the biblical record and then we'll see how this applies. Judges 16 and 1, English Standard Version, read this way. Samson went to Gaza and there he saw a prostitute and went into her. Samson Issues with women led him to enemy territory. I want to say that again. His issue, which was his weakness for women, led him to enemy territory. Why? Because he couldn't find what he was looking for among God's people. Uh, I hope y'all getting this now. He couldn't find what he was looking for in the church. Or maybe he could here. I don't know. I'm just saying. The Bible identifies three women that Samson was involved with. All were of non-Hebrew or non-Jewish origin. In the text in sixteen one of Judges, Samson traveled to Gaza to solicit the service of a prostitute. But after his flesh was satisfied, After the desire for gratifying his flesh was fulfilled, he left Gaza. But then Samson went down in the valley. It's interesting to note from a geological point of view that Gaza was already low, but but Sorek was four miles lower. So sometimes we can get in a situation where we're doing something below board. But then we can go even below that. Samson went down in the valley. Judges 16 and 4. And after this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delaga. The, doc, the, the lila was so captivating to Samson that the Bible says he fell in love with her. I want you to notice this. He did not pay for her service, but he paid dearly for the relationship. Somebody missed that. The Bible says he loved her, but little did he know she didn't love him back. Her affection toward him was just a diva's performance. She was just playing a part. Verse 5 of chapter 16, of Judges said, And the Lord of the Philistine came up to her and said, Seduce him, and see where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him that we may bind him to humble him and, we'll, and we will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. There's a song out that said, I played a part so well that you can hardly tell. She played her part so well that he could hardly tell that she was just a diva. And after Samson tried to avoid the situation, the question, three times, tried to get away from her seducing influence, then she did something unique. She played the if you love me card. Now this is something that the men we get blamed for doing, if you love me, but then sometimes, in certain cases, a female will play the if you love me card. So Samson gave in and told her everything she wanted to know. Verse 18. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she went and called the Lord of the Philistines saying, Come up again. For he has told me all his heart. Then the Lord of the Philistine came up to her and brought her the money the money in their hands there were five lords that controlled the land of Philistia so she profited 5500 pieces of silver and going at last week's market of the value of silver that would have been a hundred thousand dollars Not bad for one night's work, is it? Let me tell you something about a diva. A diva will deceive their man and then devour their man, will end up destroying their man, and then she'll depart from the man. Delilah is never mentioned again in the Bible. That's number one deed. Number two, and we're going to spend more time on this one than any other, the demonic. There's three meanings for this word demonic I want to submit to you. One is a spirit that has a characteristic of the devil. So when we be talking about senior your spirit, we better make sure we're asking God to do it, not the devil. And get I saw him say that because, you know, it's something that, I guess it was a shock to me when I find out how the devil loves to counterfeit things of God. And everything that the God has put out for the saints, he can copy. Including some forms of praise and worship, some forms of preaching, some forms of prayer. So it's good to preference send your spirit Yahweh our Lord. And not just in your sphere. Y'all get the point? Number two, a personality under the influence of the devil. Number three, an attitude inspired by the devil. So you can see demonic has to do with a spirit, personality, and attitude. Demonic is a word to describe behavior of a person who is extremely evil or cruel. Now these people are not necessarily demon possessed or totally controlled by the devil. But their spirit, their personality, attitude are strongly motivated by evil desire and pride. And this will cause them to have a by any means necessary mentality. In other words, I'll do anything I can to get it over. By definition, Jezebel was demonic. Jezebel was a queen, but she had the power behind the throne. She was chosen to be queen by an ungodly king. Jezebel was a woman who did not worship Jehovah, but the Canaanite god Baal. And the king knew this, but he married her anyway. Consequently, Jezebel influenced the king of Israel to worship Baal also and everybody else of God's people. What's his resume? His name is Ahab. His occupation the vocation was the king of Israel and that's God's people. His issue, he was a small wimp. Let's look at the biblical record and back that up. 1st King, chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. Now Naboth, the Jez- Jezreelite, had a vineyard in Jezreel beside the palace of King Ahab, the king of Samaria. And after this, Ahab said to Naboth, Give me your vineyard that I may have it for a vegetable garden because it's near my house. And I will give you a better vineyard for it, or if it seems good to you, I will give you the value in money. But Naboth said, the Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. And Ahab went into his house, vexed and sullen, because of what Naboth the Jezreelite had said. For he said, I will give you, not give you the inheritance of my father. He laid down on his bed, turned away his face, and would not eat food. Ahab behaved like a spoiled brat. Rather than accepting neighbor's decision, Ahab got mad and sad. That's what vexed and sullen means. He fell on his bed and sulked and refused to eat. But verse 5 changes that. First word, but. Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said, Why is your spirit so vexed that you do not eat? And he said, Can I read it like I think he said it? Because I spoke with Naboth, the Jesuit, and said to him, give me your vineyard for mine, or else if it please you, I'll give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. And Jezebel, why, said to him, do you now rule Israel? If I could add something in there, no. But she was trying to remind him, you the king. And she said, arise, eat bread, and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. How did she do that? Very cleverly. Jezebel devised a plot with a religious overtone. Now, I want to think about this because I want you to, for those that know anything about this name Jezebel, there's a New Testament reference to her about how she led people into immorality in the New Testament and Jesus condemned her. The Spirit didn't change, she had a religious overtone. In the New Testament, she was in the church. So here, even though she is a foreigner, she knows something about the Jewish religion. You see, the cultural tradition of that day was God, people who had property could not sell the property because it had to stay within the family. That was God's decree. So Naboth was duty-bound not to sell the family inheritance. It was going to go to his kinfolk, the next of kin. There was only one exception to this. Only one, only one way that a family of Jewish origin could lose their inheritance, and that was to blaspheme God and the king. So Jezebel got the king's signature, forged his signature, sent a letter to all the leaders of the nation, and hired false witnesses. Naboth was convicted of blasphemy; he was stoned to death. And his yard was legally confiscated. Jezebel's plan appeared to be spiritual. I'm protecting God's honor. But it was demonically inspired. Something interesting the fact that neighbor and other male leaders of Israel knew the charges against neighbor was a lie but did nothing is a testimony to Jezebel's demonic power and influence. You see, the devil is a liar and the father of it. And she used a lie to get her way. Somebody getting that? And I thought about this too. Thought about Ahab. And I know that if you look at at chapter twenty one, you find that he he died. And I can imagine his obituary. And I want to share with you some scriptures that I believe would have been on Ahab's obituary. First King chapter sixteen, verse thirty. And Ahab, the son of Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. Verse 33. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. And I believe this would have been on his tombstone. 21.5, verse King. There was none who sold himself, sold himself to do what was evil inside the Lord, like Aham, whom Jezebel, his wife, incited. Now, the Hebrew word translated inside basically means to instigate, to start something, to suggest something. See, sometimes women can be very subtle and instigate some stuff. And we ain't got sense enough to know when we're being manipulated. To instigate an action on part of another. To stimulate someone to do something, especially even. Now, depending on what the stimuli is, somebody read between the lines, can make a man do something he know he shouldn't do. G -G you said this morning. getting quiet now Sheila Rouse didn't know what I was talking about this morning I didn't know either but this last D falls right in line to who she was the lady she was talking about the divine the divine this is an interesting word when this word is not used of God. It means to have a God-like nature. Esther is perhaps the only book in the Bible that does not use the word God in it, but you can see it in this woman, a God-like nature. As Sheila told us, Esther is not her Jewish name. She came from a humble background through the providence of God, she rose to the position of being the queen of the most powerful nation in the world at that time, Persia. So, what's the resume of her husband? His name is Ahasuerus. His position is the king of Persia. His issue is chauvinist. Don't know what that means. It's have a dislike or a low opinion of women. But showness, or sexism is what it's called today, was an acceptable practice during that period of time. Hazard already revoked the queenship of the most beautiful woman at that time named Vashti because she refused to come in and display her beauty in front of his male guests, and he fired her. But his action resulted in them looking for a new queen, and that queen that they found, this Jewish girl, whose Persian name was Esther. But she kept her Jewish background a secret. But a special circumstance placed Esther in a position to make a decision which could cost her her life. See, there was a powerful aide, right hand man to the king named Naaman, who hated the Jews. And especially when somebody wouldn't bow to him, of Jewish origin, he got ticked off. So he tricked Ahasuerus into signing into law a decree that was established one day. Well, I'm going to hire some mercenaries, and we're going to kill every Jew we find. We're going to annihilate the Jewish race. And once signed into law, it could not be reversed. But Esther had a cousin named Mordecai. Some people may get confused and think he's her uncle, but he's actually her cousin. He challenged Esther to make her identity known before the king. And plead for the Jewish people lie but there was a problem. I want you to listen to Esther's response to Mordecai's request, and he told her, "You need to go see the king." It's verse four of Esther, chapter eleven. This is her response: All the king's servant and all the people of the king's province now know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called there is but one law and that should be put to death except the one whom the king holds out the golden scepter so that he may live but as for me I have not been called to come into the king these thirty days but Mordecai said Esther you ain't got no choice don't think you're gonna get away but then he suggested just just like Sheila said that you have been called for this very special purpose so here's where the godlike action comes in Esther called for a three-day fast among herself her court and all the Jewish people and after this period of spiritual preparation she agreed to go before the king even if it meant her life, The scripture said, if I perish, I perish. Let's look at the biblical record of what's happened in chapter 5, verse 1. Stay with me now. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robe, after she had spiritually prepared herself, and stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of the king's square, while the king was sitting on his royal throne inside the throne room opposite of the entrance of the palace. Sometime when we read this or we hear about it, we miss the danger here. The king is up on his throne. He's probably conducting business. And in the midst of all his business, the door swings open. He could have very easily got upset. He could have very easily allowed the guards to come kill her. But something happened. I want you to first of all notice how she was dressed. She did not wear a store, uh, a Sure stopper outfit. Y'all know what I'm talking about. One woman walked by and everybody just stopped. Nor did she wear a hoochie, I know you want me, attire. And this is for the young ladies in here. Esther wore the proper attire for her position. She was a queen and she dressed like a queen. And I believe that's what spared her life. Verse 2. And when the king saw Queen Esther, what did he see? Standing in the court, she won favor in his sight and held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then, Then Esther approached and touched the tip of the golden scepter. Notice also, she did not approach the king until he beckoned her. She stood. She had her royal robe on, and that got his attention. Her statue impressed the king. And then she followed proper protocol. There's a way that things has to be done. When you come into the presence of the king, she touched the golden scepter as he held it out. And here's the kicker, verse 3. And the king said to her, What is it, Queen Esther? Notice he didn't just say, Honey, a woman, she dressed like a queen. She carried herself like a queen. He said, what is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, I'm going to give it to you. Even to half of everything I own. Point of the message. We can learn from these three women. Ladies, you have the potential and the power to impact the men in your life. I don't care if they're neighbor, son, husband, even fathers. The question is, how are you going to use your potential? For God's glory? Or for self-glory? The truth is, All facets of these 3D spirits reside in each and every one of you. But which one dominates? The diva? The demonic? Or the divine? And you have to ask your question. Which one of these personalities dominate? How are they impacting the men in my life? See, your impact can change a weak man to a man who wants only one moment. He can change a wimp into a powerful man. I should not be in the position I'm in. It's only by the grace of God. And and God, through his grace, used four women in my life to impact me. The reason I'm standing up here before you. First of all, my grandmama, who prayed constantly for my salvation. Number two, my mama who nurtured me with Christ-like love. And I miss my Friday calls that I have done for so many years. But I can still hear my mama saying, hey, Dave. Thirdly, my sister Pat, who told me what Christianity was not when I thought I knew it all. Lastly, my wife Ann, who became a living example of what Christianity was. So I want to leave you guys with this. Ladies, sometimes you just going to have to take risks. Sometimes you just going to have to dress up, follow a proper, proper protocol, and go into the king's presence, regardless of the outcome. I believe that if you Purposely go into the presence of the King. He will grant you your requests. If you'll stand with me now. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.